Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show. It's always great to have you. One of the things we do often on this program is answer Bible questions. People submit them to me all the time. Today's is a very simple question, but extremely common and very, very understandable question. Bob, the Bible talks about God holding us accountable on Judgment Day for whether or not we have received Christ. He certainly wouldn't insist that we make such a choice if we didn't have free will. And yet there are so many passages of Scripture which suggest that if God did not first do a work in our hearts with his Holy Spirit, we would never make this choice. Okay, we're talking here about a doctrine called predestination, sometimes commonly called Calvinism, named after John Calvin in the 1500s, part of the Reformation that was going on in Geneva around the same time as Martin Luther, interestingly enough. And John Calvin made this a little more famous, although he certainly was not the first to perpetrate this doctrine. It goes all the way back to St. Augustine. And some, of course, Calvinists, namely, would say it goes all the way back to the Bible. I have a lot of material about Calvinism, and we'll do more in future shows. Not tomorrow, because I don't want to bore you with Calvinism every day, and I like the variety of the show. I'd like to switch it up. So today I'm going to make one brief point, although obviously I think it's a profound point, or I would not be sharing it with you. Anyway, Calvinism, like a lot of theologies, you need to realize that with theology, we're generally talking about a person who found an idea in the Bible and got so intrigued with that idea that the idea became more important than other ideas. John Calvin got fascinated with the sovereignty of God, and the Bible does teach that God is sovereign. On the other hand, the Bible does teach that we have free will, and yet there's certainly a lot of verses, many, many verses, which, if taken out of context, look like we do not have free will. I'm going to just barely scratch that surface today, but it is taught in the Bible that God the Father gives direction, the Holy Spirit and Jesus carry it out. And so there are places which talk about the fact that it's the Holy Spirit doing a work on our hearts. Other times it's attributed straight to the Father. Jesus did it both ways. In John 6, 44, he says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And this was the specific verse quoted by the person that sent me this question. And so the person ends by saying, so which is it, Bob? Do we have free will or don't we? All right, here's the deal, folks, the straight deal. It is true that human beings left to their own devices would never seek out God. But it is also true that when God reaches down to us through his spirit, and it is his spirit that starts changing us, we are still free to obstruct that process if it's a process we don't like. Now, we know this is true because Jesus even gave a name for the refusal, for the obstruction. He called it the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew chapter 12. Now, the Bible illustrates this phenomenon in another verse, and I love the imagery here with light. John 3, 19. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. So you have somebody that says, well, why should I follow Jesus? He may not even be true. He may not even be real. He may not exist. Or if he did exist, he may have just been some human being. As you know, as a Christian apologist, I respect those kinds of questions all the 
time. What they're talking about here is the fact that supernaturally a person is starting to witness that Jesus is true, either in a dramatic way because they see miracles, such as the Pharisees in Matthew 12 when Jesus said, okay, you just saw a miracle and you're still choosing not to believe. Gentlemen, yesterday your ignorance was sincere and understandable. Today your ignorance is insincere. You don't want to believe. So it could be that dramatic or it could be somebody in the subliminal recesses of their heart just starting to know or strongly suspect that Jesus is real, but they push the Holy Spirit away because they realize that once they know he's real, they have no excuse with which to not serve him. So they're saying, don't enlighten me. I love the darkness. And that's what they mean here. Men love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Okay, now at this point, a person might say, okay, well, Bob, but still, if God is drawing us, then he gets credit for our decision as well as our salvation. It still seems like there's little, if any, free will involved. All right, here's an analogy that I've found very useful. Imagine a man drowning in the ocean and a helicopter comes along, maybe a private helicopter, maybe from the Navy, maybe from the Coast Guard. But anyway, a helicopter comes along with a very trained crew. They drop a rope ladder for him to grab onto and eventually climb up on. Little do they know, this man was attempting to commit suicide. He has no intention of being rescued. He wants to drown, so he rejects the ladder. He doesn't get on. But then, supposing these men send some swimmers, they put a net around the man against his will and start hauling the net upward toward the helicopter by rotating a connecting wire rope of some sort. Now, if the man merely sits still, he will be rescued. The helicopter crew and their equipment are doing all the work for him. And yet, if this fellow is still determined to die, he could pull out a pocket knife that perhaps he had on him, cut a hole in the net while he is in midair, headed toward the helicopter, and plunge to his doom. These are the two options. He cooperates with the rescue process by doing absolutely nothing, or he interferes with the process. According to this scenario, who gets 100% credit for the rescue should the man keep the knife in his pocket? The helicopter crew. The helicopter crew, obviously. But if he does cut that hole in the net, who is 100% responsible for his own demise? Now, some of you are saying, Bob, those nets are so thick, no knife could cut it. Dude, dude, it's an illustration. And I think it's a helpful illustration because in a similar vein, when we are saved, God gets all the credit. But if we reject his influencing spirit, we get all the blame. God is sovereign, but we also have free will. This is Bob Siegel making the obvious obvious. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.